welcome our guest tonight, Carolyn Lowenberg. Carolyn, welcome. Thank you, Padre. I'm glad to be here. I don't say I've been dying to have you on our show because of, <laughs> because of the knowledge that you have. We've known each other about seven years or something like that, or maybe even go back longer, but we do have, a call it a history in church history, so to speak, <laughs> with our, our early beginnings in the Charismatic Renewal, the tech program, the Teens Encounter Christ, where we learned early on about encountering this Christ, and now we get to talk about Christ together, and I just look forward to our sharing with Richard Rohr and Lent tonight. So, Carolyn, would you open up with prayer? I would love for that to happen to our, our conversation tonight. Sure. So everyone, just take a deep breath, and one more deep breath. O tender, loving God, our Father, our Mother, our Brother, our Sister, our close companion on the journey, we cannot do anything without you, but in you, and with you, and through you, May we dare to change our minds and our ways of seeing this Lent. We ask you to help us open to what we didn't even know we were ignoring. Let us walk into the desert with Jesus, our brother, on the path of descent. Let us come to see that even the desert is teeming with your life. Amen. Beautiful prayer, Carolyn. We're talking about Lent tonight, and I always remember one of Ron Roth's favorite attributes of Lent, L-E-N-T, let's eliminate negative thinking. And I think we can all apply that every single Lent or every single day to our lives. But it gives us a little more focus, and that's why I would invited Carolyn on to bring us a new focus. And one of the topics, authors that we're going to be talking about tonight is Richard Rohr. And Carolyn is the one who introduced me to him. And the more I listen to him, I get his daily readings. And he sounds so much like Ron Roth. Ron always broke it down for us, for me, for us celebrating life. And Richard Rohr does the same thing across all denominations. And he has a wealth of information. So if you like what you're hearing tonight, sign up for his daily reminders for his teachings, and I think you'll really enjoy it. So, Carolyn, how were you introduced to Richard Rohr? A friend of mine said, you have to listen to this guy, and, well, she gave me his daily meditation, which I've been listening to for about 10 years. Yeah, he's he's really transformed and made me all the more in love with God, and certainly that God is so approachable and all, all good and all loving. I know you come from a Catholic background, and a lot of times there's such mystery in Catholicism and the theology behind it. And Richard War seems to break all that down. As a priest, he holds that presence so deeply, but then breaks it down for all denominations to taste and see, which I just love about his teachings and personality. Yes, yes, me too. He he really is all-inclusive. I do have an introduction to him, if you would yeah, like. I, yes, let's do that. Lent is the 40 days set aside by many Christian churches to commemorate Jesus' prayer fasting in the desert and for 40 days before beginning his public ministry. It is my prayer that everyone is walking into Lent with a loving God. Richard Rohr is one of my favorite writers and lecturers because he speaks of a loving, all-inclusive God. As we know, Ron Ross acknowledged, too, that God often gets a bad rap, but that God is love. Father Richard says, God does not love us when we change. God loves us so that we can change. In other words, God is the loving wind beneath our wings who gives us the grace and the strength to transform our lives. Richard Rohr is a Franciscan priest and the founder of the Center for Action and Contemplation in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He says, if our prayer does not lead to action, then it's not prayer. He has been writing a daily message for 12 years, available at cac.org. Father Richard is part of the movement to revitalize the practice of contemplation, of contemplative prayer in in Western Christianity. He explains that contemplation was lost to the West in the 1600s during the Age of Enlightenment, which emphasized logic and de-emphasized the mystical. Father Richard is influenced by St. Francis, St. Bonaventure, Blessed John Duns Scotus, and contemporary mystics like Thomas Merton, Thomas Keating, Teilhard de Chardin, and Henry Nouwen, among others. 
As I said, I've been reading him for about, (laughs) yes, yes. And I've been reading him for about 10 years, and he offers what he calls an alternative orthodoxy, which comes from his Franciscan heritage. These are lesser-known threads included in Christian tradition, but they're certainly not heresy, but they're not given much attention in mainstream Christian religions. I see Father Richard as a mythbuster, as I, as I see Ron Roth as a mythbuster. Oh, yeah. And here's an example <laughs> that relates to Lent. Father Richard says, when Jesus began his public ministry, he did not say, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. He was, ref- he was saying, metanoia, change your mind, change your heart, see differently, change your stale way of thinking and seeing, and then the kingdom of God will be in your midst. So Jesus was not emphasizing sin. sin. Unfortunately, around 480 A.D., St. Jerome translated this incorrectly. So there you go. There you are. Yeah, that's, a, that's a lot of meat, but I love the word metanoia. You turn around. Yes. Very simple, very practical, not with the condemnation, but says, hey, I invite you to go this way. It's very warm, so to speak. You know, I love that. And St. Jerome, I have a brother named Jerome, so it kind of sounds like his personality. Do it my way. <laughs> it's this. <laughs> but again, we're being invited to change our paradigm of who Jesus is to us in our individual walk, but also our corporate in our prayer time together as a group prayer. So Richard Rohr really does set out a, a banquet of great spiritual food and will allow Carolyn to speak more about that because he's just got a lot of material out there. Thank you. Tonight I'd like to share three concepts from Franciscan alternative orthodoxy to widen our view and direct us on our Lenten journey. These are original blessing, passive descent, and restorative justice. These are of help to anyone trying to understand our turbulent times. They are part of what Richard Rohr also calls perennial wisdom, which is embedded in all spiritual traditions. He says, if it's true one place, it's true everywhere. So so topic number one is original blessing. And we have to begin here with St. Francis, 1181 to 1226. Father Richard says, Francis was not much of a theologian, but more of a contemplative who fell in love with brother sun, sister moon, plants, animals, people, and thereby encountered God. To Francis, Christianity was a natural religion, as are Hinduism and native religions. Francis saw God in every living thing. His observations supported the Jewish teaching in Genesis 1 that all God created was good, that God was in love with all of his creation. God could be known by looking at creation. God was in everything, and everything was in God. Now we fast forward a little to Blessed John John Scotus, who took up where Francis left off. He was a Franciscan theologian at Oxford University. He said, Christ was the first idea in the mind of God at the time of creation. This just blows everything wide open. God wanted to materialize as Christ in every living thing. Father Richard says when Christ came in the human form of Jesus 14 billion years after the Big Bang, it was not a mop-up plan to clean up human mistakes made by Adam and Eve in Genesis 3. God simply wanted to be with his creation as he had planned from the beginning of time. God was embracing humanity as good. Matthew Fox, a modern theologian, calls this original blessing. Richard Rohr calls this original goodness. Father Richard says, God loves things by becoming them. Yeah. That's amazing, that quote, because it's, it's, it's one to ponder, especially during Lent or in any time. But it's, a, it's, it's all about we are one with God. And when we take the time to listen, to go in the quietness, the stillness, especially being called during this season of Lent, that hollow out of space, as Ron Roth would always call it, so that we can actually enter into the promise. And if this was God's idea of bringing Christ to the earth so that he can be one with us, what a glorious experience that is. And I believe we can find that in the stillness. So very well said. Yeah, I know I just... I mean, just that Christ is the first idea in the mind of God and that it's an original blessing. He had no yeah. malice towards us. He had there's no punishment. There's 
I agree, yes. I didn't always agree with that. (laughs) Now I do, because there's a lot of, whether it's the ego or the guilt, the shame, whatever it might be, because of traditional teachings, which is, it helped us put boundaries around our spirituality, but then there comes a time when we need to know God by ourselves, what we experience as God, him or she, breaking out of that box, so to speak, and Richard Rohr really speaks of that, but original blessing is a great start. Yes, just to know that he was the first idea in the mind of God. Yeah. I also was pondering how original blessing changes our view of original sin and individual guilt. So regarding original sin, Richard Rohr says, original sin better describes systemic evil, which hovers around us. It's what Jesus called the world, or what we call the system, or what Ron Ross called elementals. Mm. Father Richard says that today's teachers, uh, today's churches and Western society in general are ignoring systemic evil, and, and this conveniently excuses institutions from correcting problems and unfairly puts the full weight of sin on the individual. So... Very well said. So there's stuff hovering around us that we don't even realize is affecting us. Well, it's just conditional in a sense, but all good. Ron Roth always says we're living in the third dimension. We need to go to the fourth, but some are still living in the first or second dimension, Mm. you know, just by laws, decrees, all those things. So they'll come outside of that. And most of us, I think, who are listening to this program really had an encounter with the divine that now we're seeking God instead of in books, even though that's where we get started for inspiration, but it's only because we've had an encounter. Without it, these all become just words. So what does this do also for our our sense of our individual guilt? I don't have any. (laughs) Sorry. What? I don't have any. Sorry. Okay. I'm teasing you. Yeah. Sorry. Only some of us. (laughs) (laughs) But... uh, So, actually, for this one, I have to mention another Franciscan priest. His name is Benedict Rochelle, and he recently passed away, and I don't really know if Father Richard ever knew him, but he was a professor at Fordham University, a psychologist and a spiritual director, and he said, our sins are entwined in our pathologies. In other words, we wound others out of our woundedness. Yeah. Naming behavior is not really the root cause. This helps me to understand how Jesus can say from the cross, Father, forgive them. They do not understand what they're doing. Jesus recognized that we have blind spots, and Jesus is a master psychologist who knows our errors come from something that we really don't fully understand or have not healed yet. Yes. Like all of us, we all had been shamed or been criticized or hurt by people, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual, but until they, they, the the experience of that pain gets transmuted, transferred in a sense of by God's mercy, God's kindness, the healing, we really do carry that among us. And again, Lent is one of those reminders. And I know Many of you who are on this phone call, you know, are going through some traumatic experiences. It might be your own physical or a daughter or a son or a parent or a neighbor or a brother or sister. When we're in that state of being, when we're experiencing pain, we kind of lash out because we're trying to get help, but we just don't know how. So, you know, in turning the pain into or transform it into a blessing to God, from God, that transforms us, and we get to understand what mercy is about, what healing is about. And Father Richards really does, Richard War really does offer that peace so we can, again, heal our lives and the community around us. Yes, you can, you can do a lot with compassion than you can with condemnation and just an uncomfortable feeling that I keep doing it wrong. Well, if you look beneath the surface and, you know, you just see that, oh, this is what's fueling this. I mean, as I said, really, Jesus said from the cross, we do not understand. Even when we think we understand, we really don't understand. Otherwise, we wouldn't have done it. I just think we scream louder (laughs) until the voices all go away and then we actually get to hear his voice and says, you know, there's something we can do about it. 
And of course, it's about surrender. It's about forgiving. That comparison on the in the Our Father, forgive us as we forgive others. And we sometimes we we forget that a lot in our own walk because we're upset or we're offended, whatever it might be. And what is our true nature? Our true nature is to forgive. Father, forgive them. Even had to do that today, and it's like really. It's like, okay, because the car pulled out in front of me. I waited and waited, and then this other car just pulled out in front of me, and I'm going, hey, I was in line three times, and you're still pulling out in front of me. And I remembered, oh, I have to forgive. Bless them abundantly, Lord. Have a great spring for them. So at least I rebounded, but my first reaction was that old self, that old ego that wants to control things. But anyway, I'll continue on, Carolyn. Okay, so what I want to add here is that Wounded people inadvertently make wounded institutions and systems, and awakened people can correct them. So, yes, our individual and corporate sins are entwined in our pathologies and our blind spots, and the way to heal is to get to the root, not blame the person for the behavior. So, again, with our institutions as well as with our individual selves, we have to get to the root of what's going on. Don't you think sometimes we have to say some things, express some things, <laughs> maybe show our anger, and then be reminded that's not the way to walk on our own walk? Because, again, we fall short of God's glory, presence. But that's why I love we have the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit has us. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to say that. The Holy Spirit has us. And so he's a great reminder of really the knowledge of God, the love of God. And so sometimes we just need that hit on the head for us just to awaken that says, oh, yes, I can choose differently. With an understanding of our inherent goodness and God's compassion, we can move to topic two now. Yeah. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm waiting, yes. Okay. So this is what Richard Rohr calls the path of descent or falling upward. Now, I'm taking most of the following information from an October 2018 conference with Richard Rohr and guest speakers Brian McLaren and Barbara Holmes, and I'm doing some quoting and some paraphrasing, but brace yourselves. Here we go. Richard Rohr says, the path of descent is the path to transformation. Darkness, failure, relapse, death, and woundedness are our primary teachers, not success perfection, ideas, or doctrines? I protest. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. He has more to say. So he says, humanity is going through a major purgation of our institutions as evidenced by the horrible state of the government, scandalous state of the church, and the sad state of planet Earth. Conference speakers also address systemic problems like Poverty, anti-Semitism, pedophilia, genocide, racism, homophobia. They didn't leave anything unturned. And we can add anything else that divides or excludes right here. So he said, right now we are subject to a cultural consciousness which is not the truth. God is allowing us to see white, middle-class American Christianity is inept. Are you ready for more? (laughs) Collectively... The Spirit of God is taking away our smugness, and we have to face our woundedness. There we are, back to our woundedness. He says, in order to change the heart, and here's the metanoia again, spiritual life has to move to the unconscious level where we are not in control. We must start listening to the soul and let it bubble up within us. That's what I feel is happening to me during this season of Lent right now. I know it started before, but really my focus is on turning within, and I'm finding myself not necessarily picking, even though I plan my day, the activity of today, yesterday, and tomorrow will still be led by the Holy Spirit. And it's somewhat uncomfortable, but I'm trusting it, because I want to go outside my own norm and really follow the spirit behind that. And this is what I believe Richard Rohr is saying. What we think is dark and bad and wounded and all that is actually our teacher saying, open up, let's see this, let's go deeper here, because once we go down and dig up the root, all of a sudden it can be enlightened, it can be healed, and then we're set free. Instead of pushing it down and say, I'll wait till later, I'll get even, 
Any of those concepts really lock us into the old way of doing things instead of the enlightened way, which is the Holy Spirit, which is Christ. Love these teachings. Continue. Well, no, I, I just want to say, yeah, I'm feeling the same way. It's every place I turn, there's something else. And, you know, it's within, it, it's all the stuff around us. And so we just have to get used to this because this is the light coming at us. And there's, there's, it's always been there, but now we're just seeing it. So now we have yeah. a chance to change it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And it's not better, but it's more palatable when we do it as a group. Because we're not slinging, but we're actually extending our hands, you know, our prayers, our thoughts. Because we need the encouragement. And that whole thing about trust, the presence, trust faith, trust each other. It's all a combination there. And we can just talk about relationships a little bit. Well, there's where it's broken down because we don't trust our neighbor, our friend, our spouse, our co-worker. So we really do have a lot of healing to take place. Maybe it's a person at school, a student, a teacher. This is where God hopefully expands us and brings an awareness of who we are and what we actually can offer. And again, if I'm offering peace, love, and forgiveness, I think we're halfway home then. But if I'm still blaming and coercing and manipulating, well, that's just the old self bringing up his ugly head. Mm-hmm. And Richard Rohr has a silver lining to all this that also blows my mind. So you're going to feel a little better after you hear this. <laughs> Father Richard says, the incarnation of Christ tells us that God chose to enter what we are running away from. The Gospels were the the grand exchange and reversal of a position where God comes down while we're trying to go up. (laughs) Yeah. So So explain that to me. Okay, he says, well, he says in this way, Incarnation happens for us, in us, and as us. And Jesus teaches by example that the entranceway to wholeness is woundedness. There he goes with the woundedness again. Divine union, listen to this one, divine union includes imperfection. So in that whole of the divine, is, is he allows imperfection. Down is where God is both hiding and expanding dramatically. In fact, Father Richard says, God initiated down until down became up at the cross, at the resurrection. Until Jesus, no one ever communicated that both down and up could be true simultaneously. Up is hidden in down. God said yes to the material work. God is not out there or over there. It is radically okay to be human and imperfect. Now, don't you feel better? Sign me up. <laughs> so explain that in your words then, Carolyn. Okay. So if, if God has, is willing to come and be with his creation and come down, there's nothing wrong with down in ah. all its messiness. There's nothing wrong with it. As a matter of fact, up is really hitting, hidden and down. We're, we're trying to go up. But yeah. we just need to stay here, and as a matter of fact, we need oh, to keep descending. And where are we descending to? Probably into our own soul, probably yeah. into the mess to clean up the mess. But we also find the glory in down. We'll find mm. his presence in down. That's basically See, that's, that's a That's a mind-boggler in a sense because, yeah. again, the way we were taught. And actually, when you bring the steps in that God brought Jesus down, down here to earth, so down meaning in our mess, in our craziness. We can list all our, quote, sins of the past or present, but Jesus wants to be present there in our woundedness, in our sickness, in our disease, in our uh, broken relationships, in our divorce, whatever it might be. That's the power where Christ can be illuminated and the light brings the bright darkness. There it is. But there's that essence that what you just brought forth, Carolyn, is really a jewel to set all of us free. And we're kind of doing mm-hmm. spirituality backwards. Yeah. We, we think we're, we're doing it right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I know I am. I don't know about you. <laughs> but there it is. Wow. That's, a, that's something to meditate on. Yes, I think so. So then what does Father Richard say about going up? <laughs> I want to go there. He says... He says, up is dangerous for the soul. 
Our organized religions made the entranceway achievement and perfection. However, Christianity was not meant to be an evacuation plan for the next life. (laughs) This is Brian McLaren, one of his speakers at the the conference. Sure. Wow. So Father Richard, Richard also says that the universal desire to flee suffering by ascending is the ego, and the ego wants to feel superior and saved while others are not. Wow. And it has to, yeah, the ego wants to be above sinfulness, and this leaves us in an empty and disenchanted world where it's lonely at the top. But not only that, Father Richard cautions that anything that's above Criticism is open to demonic influence, and it's wow. the shadow that we must talk about. So, That's a where problem. are we running to? <laughs> where are we running away yeah. to? Why well, do we need to know, be at the top? Well, it was taught to us, number one. Right. I mean, I knew if I did X, Y, Z, it would give me points to be a better person or more holy than my brother, my sister, or my friend, or my parents, whoever. But it's that old archetypical concept that's really, they're challenging that belief. And the more I hear it, the more I am astounded that I have all still beliefs in me. So this new information as Ron Ross says, nothing's new. It's just been regenerated over the years. But there's a beautiful opportunity to grow beyond. And I always, I think, well, I'll use it, yes. I was always striving to go up. And Richard Rohr says, no, stay down here. And now it's not giving us permission to sin, but yet there's so much going on here on earth, whether it's in our family, this world, our government, you know, our state, whatever it might be, that there's all these challenges. So, for me, if I can not criticize, I can stay neutral or, better word, be at peace with what is in front of me, then we do represent the Christ who came down in order to save us, heal us, restore us back to the Father's wish that we all may be one. Yeah, and, and I think it's saying, too, that he's just as much here as he is anywhere, or what he said before, where Christ teaches points up and down, or teaches us that up is really down and down is really up, and they're both related. We just need to stay here. I mean, that, that's what yeah. it sounds like too to me. Yeah, I mean, where are we going? Like, it, it's the ear. We just have to dig for it. You know, we have to heal the the wounds, and there it is. It's right here. I mean, if, if well, God wants to embrace it. my one of my favorite quotes in Scripture, where it says, "Stand still and know I am God." Not run up here, go over there. No, stand still, stay in the muck, stay in the presence, stay in the fear, and there I am. And it's like, whoa, this is, that's quite remarkable. Yeah. His other speaker, Barbara Holmes, and I'm going to talk about her in a few minutes, but she also talks about, she talks about something called, well, dark matter. We should all know about that from, I guess, quantum (laughs) physics. Uh, Dark something else. There's two other dark, whatever they are, but the dark matter holds the universe together. It's what it's the way oh, the universe true. expands. It's like the womb of the universe. And here we are looking at dark if it's as if it's bad. Now that, it's really hard for us not to, but there's just right. something something alive about dark. Well of course even the darkness is light to God is from the Hebrew scriptures. But Correct. it's we just have to we're it's just a place to uncover and, and a place of nurturance, which we don't usually think of it that way. So. <laughs> no, not at all. But no. that perception is changing. Yes. Yeah. So the next question is, so what about down? What are we doing with down? And so Father Richard says that in descent, there's no payoff for the ego. The poor, the marginalized, the foreigner, the prisoner, the leper have the head start he says that if Jesus had a bias at all, it was toward the downtrodden and against the arrogant. Down is communal and comforting and does not emphasize difference. Divine unity is intensified in down. There were there we learn to accept diversity and are no longer upset by diversity. This is the key to our healing. We have to start to emphasize our radical underlying unity. So we're all in it together. 
in them, I guess is what he's saying. So, well, but how do you define that? I don't want to use the term politics or just religion itself because there's so much di- division there. So how do you break that down for the average listener? Well, what he says is most religions are are pointing us upward as an evacuation plan to get out of here. But okay. down is where the nitty-gritty work is going on and where we're really alive. People are alive. Oh. When, when they're, I guess when they're not competing and they're, and they're <laughs> working together, they're in unity. I'm, I'm not, that, that seems to be what he's saying. And it's, I know, it's, just, it's just kind of hard, isn't it, to, to just think that it's all here already and right. to be uncovered, to be, he- to be healed, to be uncovered. And God's not running away from it. That's the whole thing. God's not running away. He wants to be right in the middle of it, and he is. And it was, inten- it was in- intention to be so from the start. From so it reminds the me of the beginning of you know, AA where we admit we're an alcoholic. Then there's a supportive team around you. You know, isn't that what church is supposed to be? And I think those churches who are that are growing are meeting the need of those who are downtrodden, who need help, uh, need healing, need love need forgiveness. Mm -hmm. We all need help. (laughs) So that's why a gathering place focuses on the light, the eternal I am, Christ's presence is like, that's what sets us free. And I believe that's why we're so successful with our West of Heavens, our spring and fall retreats, our East of Heavens, our healing services, because we do get to show people that we love them. And by turning our gaze on God, on the Holy Spirit, it creates an atmosphere for healing and for, to reconcile. And then our hearts opens, our, our hard hearts open to actually receive the gift of love. And love covers a multitude of stuff. So we actually have a, a beautiful combination going on in celebrating life. I'm just grateful that we can keep leading the pack in that. And there's thousands of other groups doing that. We're not the only one. But I'm just blessed to be a part of this one. Yes, it is a blessing to be part of celebrating life. And again, it goes back to the, to the thing that he says that it's our, our woundedness that's the entryway. It's the yes. entryway into wholeness. And when you, what, you're, what you're doing at celebrating life is trying to get to those wounds and heal them, heal the person. You know, let the Holy yeah. Spirit heal the person. The Holy Spirit is the one who unwinds everything. So It does. Yeah. Very true. If we have eyes yeah. to see and ears to hear, that is actually a true statement. And again, in this season of grace, call it Lent, we're putting on new eyes because we're putting on the, the mind of Christ, the eyes of Christ, the Holy Spirit, and then actually the whole thing about obeying the whispers that come. And it's in that, you know, like saying, well, I don't know if I should say this now. We're questioning it, but yet we're being offered an invitation to share our grief, our pain, our sickness, our disease. Right. And we'll be praying for those, all those qualities for healing at the end of this program. Right. Now, you know, there's one other place that, that Father Richard takes things. He go, he, we go to the individual level, but then he goes to that corporate level to challenge what's going on there. And Barbara Holmes, who's a minister, a, an author, and speaker on racial and ethnic bias, she spoke at the conference on something called crisis contemplation. She said that individual or group injustice, such as emotional or sexual abuse, slavery, the Holocaust, the Trail of Tears, are gems revealed through trauma. So the biggest suffering becomes a gem. She said, my cracking open is my hope and healing. God is there and can use the wrongdoing of others to transform us. So especially when she's talking about the group injustices that happen throughout the world to different different yeah. groups. So she says, for example, when hundreds of people from different African tribes with different languages were stuffed in the hulls of cargo ships, their collective moaning and crying drew them to the center of contemplation. This contemplative response to trauma was not a place of comfort, but created meaning and unity. Later in the New World captivity, the slaves found a symbolic way to escape beyond the present order through song and dance. And in the midst of their their impossible darkness of slavery, joy broke out. God is in down, up is hidden in down. So even in the midst of the worst of situations, and she also has an example about the concentration camps too. Even in the midst of that horror, 
God is there, hidden and down. So it's it's like a mystery. It's you know. It is the mystery. Part of that, I'm making a reference point to, and I can't think of the the name where Amazing Grace came from. Wasn't it the slaves coming over that made that song? And if you talk about the torture, the pain that the slaves felt being captive. But yet, in their misery, in their pain, came such a beautiful song that lives on in eternity now. And everybody knows mm-hmm. Amazing Grace. Yeah, and can relate to it in the deepest part of our being. Wow. Yeah, I think that, that hits it on the head. Yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to say that just because we're accepting the social structures and making the best of it doesn't mean that we don't try, uh, that they're accepting it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be trying to change it. So it's that whole thing of a new way of seeing or seeing something that you didn't see before. And, you know, something else Richard Rohr says, he says, suffering seems to be the only thing strong enough to get our attention and change us. So, I mean, we don't like it. No. But again, God's Hidden and down. He's hidden yeah. and down. And Ron Roth always mentioned that in his healing services. And it, it was kind of hard to hear, especially if you're sick or you're in pain. It's like, well, now you're beating me down. And it's like, you're really not. Just making aware there's a way out. The way out is the way in, the way down. But we're so programmed to not be this way. It's not acceptable. And it's like, wow, so we really miss the... I don't say the dark side of God in a sense, where we have to go down deep in order to find the mystery and then rise just like Christ did. He went into the earth and then it says, and then he rose from the dead. So it's like, mm-hmm. uh, th- there's the pathway. But again, mm-hmm. if we have eyes to see, ears to hear, we can actually listen to those whispers and say, what's the parable here for me? Maybe whatever position you're in this week, you felt, or maybe it was a death in the family, or a diagnosis of an illness. It really is to cause us to go down, instead of just making nice, (laughs) and the natural we can, but we also know what we're being called to, and then we get to become that light to others when they're struggling with this going down. We're all called to do it. No one gets out of earth alive, so let's play together with this. You know, another thought that's coming to mind is that every single person is imperfect and every single human institution is imperfect. I mean, we either work in it or we bail. But I guess when we bail, we're going upward. I don't know. Yes. So we have no choice to be be in the middle of this messy stuff. And if God can be here, so can we. Well, it reminds me of, of the students and novices on our monthly program talking about Mother Therese. And she lived the opposite of what we have are living, feeding and the poor of the poorest and taking care of those who are dying in the street. And it's like, wow, how can you do that? But when you put this new paradigm that Richard Ward is presenting, it's like going down is the right way, finding our woundedness and then revealing Christ in the midst of that. There's the jewel. Yes, this leads us to the final point that I wanted to make Richard Rohr's restorative justice. So this is how we heal ourselves and the planet. It's restorative justice and it's mercy. The way he explains it is, throughout history, humans have sought retributive justice or retribution against the enemy. But Father Richard says, the Christian story has always been about incarnation and not atonement and retribution. Francis believed redemption began in the stable at the moment of Christ's incarnation. Father Richard says Jesus' teachings challenged the political and religious institutions of his time, but he kept preaching his message, and when it put his followers in danger, Jesus freely laid down his life in an act of complete self-emptying. And from the cross, Jesus showed us what to do with violence done to us. Do not give it back. Forgive and hold on to the violence long enough for it to transform into resurrection. This is restorative justice. This is redemption. This is God's mercy. Your enemy heals and so do you by the grace of God. This is a win-win situation. So wherever we see injustice, 
we should be praying for and working for restoration for all. Wow. Take me there. Yeah, what I find interesting is that, you know, we always say, I want justice, I, I, I want that person to be punished. But what happens, I mean, well, you know, it's natural to do that. Right. But wouldn't it be better if that person got healed and then they don't hurt you anymore <laughs> and then you feel good too? I mean, really, I mean, what's in it for us? It's in it for, there's something in it for everybody. <laughs> Restorative justice, not re- retribution. So, right. But, you know, anyway. just a comment in the, the political sense where, Nancy Pelosi said about let's not impeach the president. Whether you're right or wrong and whatever side you're on, that was pretty much, a, you can say it was a political scheme or there was wisdom in this. Her point mm-hmm. was it would divide the nation. And it's like, yeah. you know, somebody needs to speak light into all these issues that we're facing. Not in the political scene. Maybe it's, there's a division in our family. Maybe brother against sister or parent against parent. But doesn't matter where. Or a student against the teacher. We have division here. But our call is because Jesus came down in our mess today for you, for me, for all of us, and wants to bring light into the dark area. And if we just contemplate that, especially during our 40 days of Lent, that we can spend some time and start reshaping the way we think, positioning ourselves for the more. Not necessarily to go up, but I want to go down. I want to go wherever Jesus is. And if he's down, I'm going down because <laughs> I want to meet my master, my teacher. Because he'll illuminate whatever needs for to set me free, a captive free, and then those around me. And it's like if we can mm-hmm. do the work, and that work is surrender, and that work is letting go, and allowing the Holy Spirit to take us to that journey back home again. Like the prodigal sons and daughters, we're all out there. There's another calling by the Father for the Divine Mother to come home. So, And what would that be calling you and me to? Oh, good. It is good. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I take a, a practical application of that. Since my sister passed away, I'm part of the administrator for her estate and trying to clean things up, you know, put things in order since she didn't have a will. So we really had to go through all the papers to find out what she had and didn't have and then pursue those. And that was a long journey. And now we just got a realtor for the home. So now we had to clean up the home. And that was yesterday, the last weekend's work. And it's tiring. We all have better things to do. But again, you do it for the greater good. Because you just know it's going to make everything workable. And eventually you might get some money out of the deal. But uh, ultimately is to serve my sister. She would do it for us. We want to do it for her. To the least of these. So it takes time when we have to give up our time to serve other people. And Lent is a beautiful time to remind us of that act of love. The scripture says... Jesus died on the cross for us, for us, for all humanity, not just one person. So can you imagine the the stakes that was being held accountable? And when the Father says good and faithful service to his son, Jesus, and so that now we can actually have heaven here on earth. That's why Jesus could come down in order to save us, deliver us, make us whole as a reflection of the Father and the Divine Mother. Richard Rohr he breaks down these the spirituality so easily and tangibly, but yet what it does is exposes us to the mystery. And then we all pause and go, oh. Yeah. And then we take another step in that direction of walking the pathways. Walking the pathway of love, divine love, to the masters, to the teachers. Yeah, and if, if we think of down as going deeper and deeper and deeper, we're going up. We're going deeper and deeper into the heart of God. I mean, really. Oh, yeah. So, I just wanted to say, though, at the end here, that in the Christian story, the worst event imaginable happens, the death of God. But if we hold out and turn to the last page, something never seen or heard before happens. Death turns into resurrection. The tomb is empty. Joy breaks out. And so I I just want to say to everybody, may your Lenten path of descent end this Easter at the empty tomb Mm. and the resurrection. Yeah, the emptiness. Interesting. 
Carolyn, thank you so much for sharing these spiritual nuggets tonight with us. And the, the beautiful author, Richard Rohr, and as many helpers with that conference. I'm sure you're probably jumping out of your seat when you were listening to this conference because there's a lot of nuggets we all can take with us on this journey called The Life. And we, I so appreciate you your character, your love, and your support. Being a student, you already have that master's degree. So it's like, wow, you are the teacher. You absorb spiritual principles. And I like that that concept because that's not my one of my high gifts, but it's one of yours. So you're always welcome here on this program. So let's end this. Um, you're welcome. Let's end this tonight's service with a, a prayer, prayers for the faithful, for all those who are listening in, and for those loved ones that you're asking prayer for. And we're all we're all in need of a desire to have God show up in our lives for our loved ones. So what we know best is to surrender. So as like Carolyn said in the beginning, let's take a deep breath. Breathe in, and then exhale, emptying ourselves of God, of our stuff, our concerns, our prayers, in a sense. And as we empty ourselves, we become smaller. We go deeper into the mystery of Christ for this holy encounter with God. So, Holy Spirit, take us there. Take us deep. Take us deep into the living waters as we find this jewel, which is God himself, in the midst of our pain, disease, discomfort, logic, and allow that grace now to expand. So, Holy Spirit, begin to do your work for everyone listening to this call. I open the door. Jesus says, I knock at the door of your heart. Now open the door to Christ's light. Holy Spirit, come. Angels, Father, release your ministering angels for healing, for reconciliation. There's so many we can pray for tonight. Individually, our own concerns our families, our friends, those who are on their deathbed, those who are experiencing or need healing in the body, your divine light now. The embers of love, of mercy, of kindness begin to do her work. Angels of mercy, angels of love, angel of healing, Raphael, you and your legions just be set forth now. And going to the homeless, those in the hospitals, to those in the mental hospitals, set them free. Those in the shelters, those who are lost, who are lonely, those who want to commit suicide this night, Father, release your ministering angels. Deliver them, set them free from themselves. Mental illness, come Holy Spirit. Set their spirits free. Father, chemical imbalances. Make straight the pathway. Allow people to see their wounds as is and meet you in a holy encounter. For any workplace, bosses, patrons, that there's a conflict there, Holy Spirit, just dissolve it. What once was dark now becomes light. In our justice system, in our political system, let the deep darkness now penetrate and bring forth healing and reconciliation on all parties. Come, divine grace. Come, divine light. Father, we bless Richard Rohr and all these teachers tonight. Padre Pio, Padre Ron Roth. Our bishops, Bobby and Dana, Virginia, our teacher, I thank you, O Lord, our God, for this grace, to the expansion of this grace. Mary, most holy, Mary Medjugorje, come. Let your healing presence flow and begin to call us home to your heart. Thank you, O Lord, our God, for this grace. 
Thank you for healing the division between children and parents. Let your healing light begin to expand and grow. A mother's love for her child. Increase it, Lord. Increase it. And just bring the prodigals home. Divisions with the daughter and the mother, the son and the father. Come, Holy Spirit. This magnificent work in this season of Lent. Keep hearing the prodigals coming home. The prodigals coming home. And as a father, as a mother, we represent the heart of God. Not our stuff, but God's. So we open our embrace for the more, for the kindness, for the mercy of God. Baptize each one on this session tonight. Baptize them with the more. Come, Holy Spirit. I just feel a burning flame begin to to grow and expand. Like a wildfire, but within our soul. Cleansing, renewing, restoring. Refiner's fire. Refiner's fire. This season is going to be actually easy because we're going to be positioned to receive healing. Because we're going to recognize those, oh, that's what it is. And then we surrender and we allow God's grace to heal it. Not our own. Not our own efforts. God's efforts. I thank you, O Lord our God, for even the abundance that was once held because of our hard heart. We open our heart and the abundance shows up. And we just say thank you, O Lord our God, for drawing people to our spring intense of our healing retreat. I thank you, O Lord our God, for bringing in those who are in pain, dis-ease, by your glory, by your presence. It manifests as healing and reconciliation. I bless those going to work, earning a living. Father, just release your abundant angels to support, renewing, restoring. And those still studying in school, we just bless their mind as the mind of Christ. That the wisdom of God, the counsel of God, and also then become a, a template of good news to the students, to your friends. For you have a voice, and that voice is of God speaking truth and becomes a a tractor field. Thank you, O Lord our God, for this evening. Thank you for the words of Richard Rohr. May the embers keep burning in our hearts as we celebrate this season, this Easter season for the Resurrection Sunday. And I seal in the good work of the Holy Spirit in all your lives. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So be it is so. Namaste.